Hey, Grace Free Church, man, due to some unforeseen circumstances, we won't have live preaching today from Grace Resona to Stream to Tremont or any any live preaching anywhere uh, going on today. But that's okay because what I have for you, I think, is so relevant. We are going to look at a message that I recorded in my office as a backup, like, I don't know, a year or two ago. It's a really powerful message and short, so you'll like it. Um, but uh, it talks about relationships. Starts out a little gross, but then it talks about relationships. And I think this is going to be a really relevant message for you. I hope you get a lot out of it. I'm excited to hear your thoughts. And uh, I'll see you soon. I want to jump into a passage found in John chapter 13. It's a passage that I avoid speaking about all the time. I'll get into that in a second, but I'm calling this message blessed messed. I know you're taking notes. We got a lot of note takers. Maybe you're not. If you're taking notes, you want to follow along. I want to talk to you about being a blessed mess. <laughs> and to do that, we're going to look at this very famous passage in John chapter 13. But before we jump into that, would you just take a moment um, in this space, wherever you are, wherever you're, wherever you're experiencing this online worship experience, where, wherever you are, would you just take a moment and pray with me, settle our hearts before God and connect with him before we jump into his word and ask him to bless this mess and maybe that mess too. And dear God, we thank you so much for your love for us, no matter where we are, no matter what life looks like, no matter the chaos or the stress or the obstacles we face, you promise to be with us, that ultimately we overcome through you. Not even death can steal our hope or our joy or separate us from the love you have for us. We're so thankful for that. Um, so grateful. I, I know there's people watching this. Their lives are just a mess of clutter. Their lives are a mess of busyness. Their lives are a mess of discouragement. And we pray and ask that you'd bless our messes and this time together this morning. And speak to us through your word. In Jesus' name, amen. The, the passage I want to talk to you is the passage in uh, talk to you about is the passage in John chapter 13. And if you have your devices, you can flip there. Um, when I'm using my iPhone, I use the YouVersion Bible app. It's free and it's got tons of great devotionals Or in that. If you don't know what a devotional is, just a, just a small like little writing or thoughts to help us focus on God. It's so great to kind of get in that rhythm in this new year. And, um, and if you have a Bible, I'm reading out of the NIV this morning and John chapter 13 tells the story of Jesus washing the disciples' feet. This story happens shortly before he goes to the cross at what maybe you know of as the Last Supper. I just want to read it with you, to you. Um, you. If you are following along and you want to circle some words as we read through this together, that'd be great. It was just before the Passover festival and Jesus knew that the hour had come for him to leave this world and go to the Father. Having loved his own who were in the world, 
He loved them to the end. I, I love that sentence. I mean, that's not what we're talking about necessarily this morning, but Jesus knew how to love. And if we're going to learn how to love, man, maybe we should stop trying to find the answers within ourselves or from other broken relationships with nice filters. And maybe, maybe we should start to find the answers and really how to love each other from Jesus. It says he loved them to the end. I love that. The evening meal was in progress, and the devil had already prompted Judas, the son of Simon Iscariot, to betray Jesus. Jesus knew that the Father had put all things under his power, and that he had come from God and was returning to God. So he got up from the meal, took off his outer clothing, and wrapped a towel around his waist. After that, he poured water into a basin and began to wash his disciples' feet, drying them with the towel that was wrapped around him. He came to Simon Peter who said to him, Lord, are you going to wash my feet? And Jesus replied, you do not realize now what I am doing, but later you will understand. No, said Peter, you shall never wash my feet. Jesus re answered, unless I wash you, you have no part with me. That's some tough language there, calling Peter out. Then Lord Simon Peter replied, not just what my feet, but my hands and my head as well. Jesus answered, those who have had a bath need only to wash their feet. Their whole body is clean and you are clean, though not every one of you. For he knew who was going to betray him. And that was why he said not everyone was clean. When he had finished washing their feet, he put on his clothes and returned to his place. Do you... Understand what I have done for you, he asked them. You call me teacher and Lord, and rightly so, for that is what I am. Now that I, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, you should also wash one another's feet. I have set you an example that you should do as I have done for you. Very truly I tell you, no servant is greater than his master, nor is a messenger greater than the one who sent him. Now that you know these things, you will be blessed if you do them. Now that you know these things, you will be blessed if you do them. I used to go with youth groups I was a part of as a younger man to um, conferences or retreats, they call them gatherings where uh, churches would bring youth groups together uh, and they'd have tons of fun, usually in the winter, summer, you know, tons of fun at playing in the snow and these, these places usually have big cool events for um, teens to hang out with each other and just have a ton of fun. There's usually a speaker too. And now sometimes I am that speaker. Um, the speaker comes in and the youth groups gather. They have worship services during these retreats and um, they'll sing songs. And then the speaker usually speaks. I remember being at one as a junior high kid, right? And like you went in on the front of the room was there's a bowl like this filled with water and, uh, and a towel on it. And I thought, oh no. See, even as a junior higher, because I grew up, my dad was a preacher, I had been forced to go to church as a young man um, 
every Sunday. We had to go to Sunday morning church. We had to go to Sunday night church. We had to go to Sunday school before and after and in between. We had to do it all. So I knew when I walked into that retreat as I looked up front that this sitting up front meant only one thing in the church world. And that was this speaker it wasn't my first rodeo. I knew what was going on. This speaker was going to talk about Jesus washing the disciples' feet. And this speaker, as gross as it would be, as messy as it would be, would eventually come to the spot where he took that bowl, passed it around, and had everybody that was there, all 50 or whatever, wash the person's feet next to them. Talk about disgusting. Man, like... Feet are gross. I'm just gonna, I'm not a, I'm not a fan. I'm not a fan of someone's dirty feet and I don't want to wash them. Like I was just like, I knew right away. I knew right away I had to plan my escape and aptly timed bathroom break right at the end that we just let linger for a while outside of the conference building and approved by our host or chaperone or youth pastor would be key to avoiding this whole mess. I successfully dodged it. And you could hear the fearful stories of other junior hires and people who had to take off their shoes and socks and wash each other's feet to kind of make, as the speaker thought, this would make this like lesson stick. It didn't stick. It just stunk. I'm saying it. Speakers out there, stop trying to make people wash each other's feet. You don't need a bowl and a towel. Now, if you and your family, you want to dig in and take it to a whole nother level, that's your choice. But I'm telling you right now, you don't need a towel or a basin of water to wash each other's feet this morning. But what comes from this story, even though I avoid it sometimes, what comes from this story is really powerful. Jesus, he's about to do something that would leave a huge mark on his disciples, his growths and filthy. See, what you have to know about the context of this passage in Jesus washing people's feet is one, they wore sandals around. Not like Crocs with socks. They wore like old Birkenstocks. That rhymes. I love it. They, they would wear them in these dusty, Mediterranean, desert-like climate they would wear these things and they would walk everywhere. When they would come in for a meal, they wouldn't eat the meal at the kitchen island or at the dining room table like we often eat, or maybe your mode of apparatus or where you like to eat is like on your couch. They wouldn't even like do that lounging around the living room. They would eat on the floor. They would lounge on the floor and they would eat the meal gathered together around the floor. Even the Last Supper pictures aren't accurate to how they would have shared this meal. And if you're eating on the floor and you don't have shoes and socks on, what's laying next to that nice platter of shish kebabs or green beans 
or pork and sauerkraut, not, not for them, <laughs> for like us, is everybody's stinky, dirty, filthy feet. So it was custom when you were settling in for a meal at a house, people, that's the servant of the house, would come around with water and a towel and wash everybody's feet. It was a act of service and care. It, it, it made it so that you could eat around the table and everybody was clean and nobody was grossed out by everybody else's filthy, dirty feet and whatever else they stepped in on the way in. It was an important part of their culture and their practice. And also, the disciples, as recorded in Luke chapter 8, had just been arguing about who was the greatest. I mean, their hearts couldn't have drifted further from what Jesus is about to show them. They were concerned about, like, how do I get better? How do I get greater? How do I become the most important, the MVP, the most valued person? Now, I know you're probably not sitting at home thinking that right now. You're probably not thinking, like, how do I beat these other chumps? that are sitting around me, unless you have like a heated game of Shanghai or Rook going on or something, you're really not thinking, how do I become the greatest? But we all are thinking about how can we become greater? How can we experience more? How can this year be better? How can I be better? How can my heart be more full? You see, we may be not trying to be the greatest. There's only one greatest. His name's Michael Jordan. I'm just kidding. <laughs> but we all want to be better and bigger and more successful and happier. Jesus, he comes into this moment here with all of this happening in the context. In, in the context of the story. There was no servant where they were sharing this meal. And the disciples thought to be great, you had to be better than everybody else. Jesus, he comes in here and because he loved them and because he was going to love them to the end, he does this absolutely drastic thing from his heart to his actions. It was his love that motivated him. It was his love that motivated the cross. And it would be love that motivated him now as he looked to serve his disciples. Jesus, he gets up. and It seems like the meal has started or just starting. He gets up. There's no servant to wash the feet. So he, the greatest one, takes off his clothes and wraps a cloth and grabs the basin and starts to go around and wash everyone in the room's feet. Now, everyone in the room is Peter, who would overly enthusiastically say, if you have to wash part of me, wash all of me. He's the guy raising up his hand at the end of the sermon, trying to like be like, yeah, I'm all in. Peter, who's fired up, who's, who's, who doesn't know everything, who makes plenty of mistakes, who gets a lot of it wrong, but ultimately his heart is, I want more of Jesus. And if that means him washing my feet, then he should just wash all of me. You have over-enthusiastic Peter in the room, and you also have the betrayer Judas in the room. Deed's already done works already in motion. Judas had already resolved in his heart 
where he stood with Jesus and was not with him. His lack of faith contrasts drastically Peter's faith. And what's so interesting about this is Jesus, he washes Peter's feet and he washes Judas's feet. You see, there are people that it's easy to bend your heart toward. And then there are people that it's really difficult to bend your heart toward. There are people that it's easier for you to serve. And then there are people that it's really hard to serve. There are people that you sometimes find it easy to love and serve. And other times find it really hard to love and serve that same person. Relationships are so complex. But Jesus' demonstration of love is one that just takes it to a whole nother level. And when we could, if we could start to apply just a little bit of Jesus' heart and action towards people around us, there's no telling what it would do to our relationships. You see, if we could start to love and serve people even when we're frustrated, even when there's tension, even when there's conflict, even when there's disagreement, even when the relationship is a little broken or off key, if we could start to love and serve everyone in the room, not just the people it's easy to love and serve, we would find just a richness in our own hearts and souls that would, man, it's just the impact of it on us on our relationships would be incredible. Jesus is the Last Supper and he's washing Judas's feet. If he can love Judas, then why can't I love the people that annoy me, frustrate me, maybe make my day a little harder from time to time? If he can love the one who betrayed him, why can't I love people that are different than me? You want God to bless the mess of whatever relationship you have. Then we have to start to have a heart like his for the people around us. And we have to start to put that heart into action. Man, I don't want to wash anybody's feet. <laughs> but I want to humble myself and hustle to serve so that my life, my heart, and my relationships can look more like Jesus. I don't know what mess you have in your relationships, and I don't know where you are and all of that, but um, I know that God will bless your mess if you could follow his example. It's such a powerful part. He goes on to give Simon Peter a, a lesson on salvation and sanctification. Like, listen, I, you don't need me to wash all of you again, Peter. You are already saved by your faith. <laughs> it is your faith that has justified you with God. You don't need me to wash your whole body, just your feet. It's a lesson, a subtle and important lesson on sanctification and salvation. Like we are saved by faith, but sometimes we still got to wrestle with the effects of our sinful lives, missing the mark, 
the consequences of choices that divert from God's ultimate and good plan for our lives. That's where sanctification comes in. It's this fancy theological word to say that there's a process going on inside of us where the Holy Spirit is making us new as we're willing to let him at these areas of our life and bring them to him and have him make them pure and forgive us, right? Like, so... He gives him this little lesson and he gets to the end of it. He's like, do you understand what's going on here, guys? Like, this is really important for you to understand. Like, now that I, your Lord, your right to call me Lord and teacher, now that I have washed your feet, you should also wash someone, each other's feet. And then at the very end, now that you know these things, you'll be blessed if you do them. I wonder how many people pause that verse midway, stop that sentence and get stuck at a comma halfway down the reading of it. You know these things, comma, and then we get stuck. But blessed are you if you do them. It's about having a heart that's being willing to humble ourselves. Not make being right or being the most important person in the room or having our own way not making that drive our lives, but instead humbling our hearts and looking at the people around them, us, and seeing them the way God sees them. It's about being humble, and it's about setting our actions to match a heart motivated by love and rightly knowing our own place in the world. Putting action to it in serving the people around us. It's a tough tough one. But Jesus said in Mark chapter 9, 35, if anyone wants to be first, he must be last of all and servant to all. Listen, I know this will transform your relationships. Learning how to just humble ourselves and love others with humility, serving others, and in doing so, showing our love for God and our love for others. And the blessing comes to the messes that we have to deal with when we humble ourselves and just serve each other in love. I, I don't know. I'm hoping that God's maybe bringing some things to your heart and mind right now. Some moments that you can like look at and <sighs> some relationships that, that you have, maybe some people you need to make some things right with, some areas where you're experiencing conflict in your life. I'm really hoping God's bringing some, some areas of your life to your mind right now, some, some places where you could use a little more humility, some places where the fix isn't in getting your own way or being proved right, where the fix is found in serving. And I, and I hope that as you can connect the knowing to your action, your heart to your hands, I, I know that if you can connect those things, that you will experience the blessing in whatever mess you're dealing with right now. I hope that was an encouragement to you. I, I know that, man, I just want to look more like Jesus to you. I want my heart to look more like his. I want to be able to love more like he loves. 
and uh, such an incredible passage that God has allowed us to look at and has shared with us in, in John chapter 13. Would you pray with me as we kind of wrap it up? Dear God, we thank you so much for your heart for us. And um, would you just bless our messes? Help us to be more like Jesus, to have humble hearts, to be willing to love and to serve everyone in the room, not just the people it's easy to love and serve. Would you help us to <laughs> figuratively wash the feet of the people around us um, just so we can love better? We know that when we connect, not just knowing about who you are and what you have for us in life, but when we connect that and live that faith out in action, we are always blessed. And we want your blessing. We need your encouragement and strength. We ask that you be with us this week. In Jesus' name, amen.